Chapter Twenty Three of Legacy by James H. Schmitz. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Legacy, Chapter Twenty Three. Trigger came out of the Cyridim trance hours before Lyad awoke from the stunner blast she'd absorbed. The commissioner was sitting in a chair beside her bunk, napping. She looked around a moment, feeling very comfortable and secure. This was her personal cabin on Commissioner Tate's ship, the one he referred to as the Big Job, modeled after the long-range patrol ships of the Space Scouts. It wasn't actually very big, but six or seven people could go traveling around in it very comfortably. At the moment, it appeared to be howling through subspace at its hellish rate again, going somewhere. Well, that could keep. Trigger reached out and poked the Commissioner's knee. Hey, Holati, she whispered, wake up. His eyes opened. He looked at her and smiled. Back again, eh? he said. Trigger motioned at the door. Close it, she whispered. Got something to tell you. Talk away, he said. Quillen's piloting, the First Lady's out cold, and Mantellish got dive-sick and I doped him. Nobody else on board." Trigger lay back and looked at him. "'This is going to sound pretty odd,' she warned him. Then she told him what Repulsive had done and what he was trying to do. The Commissioner looked badly shaken. "'You sure of that, Trigger?' "'Sure, I'm sure.' "'Trying to talk to you?' "'That's it.' He blinked at her. I looked in the bag, and the thing was gone. Lyad knows it was gone, Trigger said. So in case you gets a chance to blab to someone, we'll say you had it. He nodded and stood up. You stay here, he said. Prescription for the kind of treatment you've had is a day of bed rest. Where are you going? I'm going to talk to that psychology ship, he said. And just let him try to stall me this time. He went off up the passage toward the transmitter cabinet in the forward part of the ship. Some minutes passed. Then Trigger suddenly heard Commissioner Tate's voice raised in great wrath. She listened. It appeared the psychology service had got off on the wrong foot by advising him once more to stay calm. He came back presently and sat down beside the bunk, still a little red in the face. "'They're going to follow us,' he said. "'If they hadn't, I would have turned back and gunned her away on board that lopsided disgrace of theirs. Follow us? Where? He grunted. A place called Luscious. We'll be there in under a week. It'll take them about three. But they're starting immediately. Trigger blinked. Looks like the plasmoids have made it to the head of the problem list. I wouldn't be surprised, said the Commissioner. I was put through to that pilch after a while. She said to remind you to listen to your thinking whenever you can get around to it. Know what she meant? I'm not sure I do, Trigger said hesitantly. But she's mentioned it. I'll give it a whirl. Why are we going to Luscious? Salen's fleet found plasmoids on it. It's in the Vishni area. What kind of plasmoids? He shrugged. They don't amount to much, from what I heard. Small stuff but definitely plasmoid. It looks like somebody might have done some experimenting there for a while, and not long ago. Did they find the big one? Not yet. No trace of any people on Luscious either. He chewed his lip thoughtfully for a moment. 
About an hour after we picked you and Lyad up, he said, we had a council order transmitted to the ship. Told us to swing off course a bit and rendezvous with a fast courier boat of theirs. What for? The order said the courier was to take Lyad on board and head for the hub with her. Some diplomatic business. He scratched his chin. It also instructed us to treat the First Lady of Trinest with the courtesy due her station, meanwhile. Brother, Trigger said, outraged. Just too bad I couldn't read that message, said Holati Tate. Some gravitic disturbance. Rendezvous points hours behind us. They'll never catch up. Ho, ho, said Trigger. But that's being pretty insubordinate, Holati. It was till just now, he said. I mentioned that we had Lyad on board to that pilch person. She said she'd speak to the council. We're to hang on to Lyad, and when Pilch gets to Luscious, she'll interview her." Trigger grinned. Now that, she remarked, gives me a feeling of great satisfaction somehow. When Pilch gets her little mitts on someone, there isn't much left out. I had that impression. Meanwhile, we'll put the Ermitine through a routine questioning ourselves when she gets over being groggy. Courtesy will be on the moderate side. She'll probably spill part of what she knows, especially if you sit there and hand her the beady stare from time to time. That, Trigger assured him, will be hardly an effort at all. I can imagine. You're pretty sure that thing will show up again? Trigger nodded. Just leave the handbag with me. All right. He stood up. I've got a hot lunch prepared for you. I'll bring the bag along. Then you can tell me what happened after they grabbed you. How did you find out I was gone? Trigger asked. You're fac, he said. The girl was darn good, actually. I talked to you, her, on office transmitter once and didn't spot a sour note. Mostly, she just kept out of everybody's way. Very slick at it. We would have got her fairly fast because we were preparing for takeoff to Luscious by then. But she spilled it herself. How? I located her finally again on transmitter screen. There was no one on her side to impress. She took a sniff of Porgy. Trigger laughed delightedly. Good old Porgy pouch. It beat them twice. But how did you know where I was? No problem there. We knew Lyad had strings on Pluley. Quillen knew about that sealed level on Pluley's yacht and got Pluley to invite him over to admire the harem right after the Dawn City arrived. While he was admiring, he was also recording floor patterns for a sub-tub jump. That gimmick's pretty much of a spilled secret now. But on a swap for you and Lyad, it was worth it. We came aboard five minutes after we'd nabbed your fac. The Ermitine figured you'd go chasing after the Aurora, Trigger said. Well, the Commissioner said tolerantly, the Ermitine's pretty young. The Aurora was a bit obvious. How come Quillen didn't start wondering when I didn't show up in Mantellish's lab with Repulsive? So that's what he was for, Holati said. He rubbed the side of his jaw. I was curious about that angle. That wasn't Quillen. That was Quillen's fac. In Mantellish's lab? Trigger said, startled. Sure. That's how they all got in. In those specimen crates Mantellish has been lugging into the dome the past couple of days. It looks like the prof's been hypnotized up to his ears for months. 
The last five hours of her day of recuperative rest Trigger spent asleep, her cabin door locked and the plasmoid purse open on the bunk beside her. Holati had come by just before to report that the Ermitine was now awake but very groggy, apparently more than a little shocked, and not yet quite able to believe she was still alive. He'd dose her with this and that, and interrogations would be postponed until everybody was on their feet. When Trigger woke up from her five-hour nap, the purse was shut. She opened it and looked inside. Repulsive was down there, quietly curled up. "'Smart little bugger, aren't you?' she said, not entirely with approval. Then she reached in and gave him a pat. She locked the purse, got dressed, and went up to the front of the ship, carrying Repulsive along. All four of the others were up in the lounge area which included the partitioned control section. The partition had been slid into the wall and the commissioner, who was at the controls at the moment, had swung his seat half around toward the lounge. He glanced at the plasmoid purse as Trigger came in, grinned, and gave her a small wink. "'Come in and sit down,' he said. "'We've been waiting for you.' Trigger sat down and looked at them. Something apparently had been going on. Quillen's tanned face was thoughtful, perhaps a trifle amused. Mantellish looked very red and angry. His shock of white hair was wildly rumpled. The Ermitine appeared a bit wilted. "'What's been going on?' Trigger asked. It was the wrong question. Mantellish took a deep breath and began bellowing like a wounded thunder-orc. Trigger listened, with some admiration. It was one of the best jobs of well-verbalized huffing she'd heard, even from the professor. He ran down in less than five minutes, though. Apparently, he'd already let off considerable steam. Lyad had dehypnotized him, at the commissioner's suggestion. It had been a lengthy job, requiring a couple of hours, but it was a complete one. Which was understandable, since it was the first lady herself, Trigger gathered gradually from the noise, who had put Mantellish under the influence back in his own garden on McCadden, and within two weeks after his first return from Harvest Moon. It was again Lyad, who had given Mantellish his call to bemuse duty via a transmitted verbal cue on her arrival in Manon, and instructed him to get lost from his league guards for a few hours in Manon's swamps. There she had met and conferred with him and pumped him of all he could tell her. As the final outrage, she had instructed him to lug her crated cohorts, preserved like Pluley's harem ladies, into the pre-call dome, to care for them tenderly there and at the proper cued moment to release them for action, all under the illusion that they were priceless biological specimens. Mantellish wasn't in the least appeased by the fact that, again at the Commissioner's suggestion, Lyad had installed one minor new hypno-command, which, she said, would clear up permanently his tendency toward attacks of dive-sickness. But he just ran down finally and sat there, glowering at the Emmertine now and then. "'Well,' the Commissioner remarked, "'this might be as good a time as any to ask a few questions. Got your little quizzer with you, Quillen?' Quillen nodded. Lyad looked at both of them in turn and then, briefly and for the first time, glanced in Trigger's direction. It wasn't exactly an appealing glance. It might have been a questioning one, and Trigger discovered suddenly that she felt just a little sympathy for Lyad. Lyad had lost out on a very big gamble. And, each in his own way, 
there were three very formidable males among whom she was sitting. None of them was friendly. Two were oversized, and the undersized one had a fairly blood-chilling record for anyone on the wrong side of law and order. Trigger decided to forget about the beady stares for the moment. "'Cheer up, Lyad,' she said. "'Nobody's going to hurt you. Just give them the answers.' She got another glance. Not a grateful one, exactly. Not an ungrateful one, either. Temporary support had been acknowledged. "'Commissioner Tate has informed me,' the Ermatine said, "'that this group does not recognize the principle of diplomatic immunity in my case. Under the circumstances, I must accept that. And so I shall answer any questions I can.' She looked at the pocket-quizzer Quillen was checking over unhurriedly. "'But such verification instruments are of no use in questioning me.' "'Why not?' Quillen asked idly. I've been conditioned against them, of course," Lyad said. I'm an Ermatine of Trinest. By the time I was twelve years old, that toy of yours couldn't have registered a reaction from me that I didn't want it to show. Quillen slipped the toy back in his pocket. True enough, First Lady, he said. And that's one small strike in your favor. We thought you might try to gimmick the gadget. Now we'll just pitch you some questions. A recorder's on. Don't stall on the answers." And he and the Commissioner started flipping out questions. The Ermatine flipped back the answers. So far as Trigger could tell, there wasn't any stalling, or any time for it. Azol. Dr. Azol had been her boy from the start. He was now on Trinest. The main item in his report to her had been the significance of the 112-113 plasmoid unit. He'd also reported that Trigger Argee had become unconscious on Harvest Moon. They'd considered the possibility that somebody was controlling Trigger Argee, or attempting to control her, because of her connections with the plasmoid operations. Guess Fail. Lyad had been looking for Dr. Fail as earnestly as everyone else after his disappearance. She had not been able to buy him. So far as she knew, nobody had been able to buy him. Dr. Fail had appeared to intend to work for himself. He was at present well outside the hub's area of space. He still had 112-113 with him. Yes, she could become more specific about the location, with the help of star maps. "'Let's get them out,' said Commissioner Tate. They got them out. The Ermatine presently circled a largish section of the Vishni fleet's area. The questions began again. 113a. Professor Mantellish had told her of his experiments with this plasmoid. There was an interruption here while Mantellish huffed reflexively. But it was very brief. The professor wanted to learn more about the First Lady's depravities himself. And its various possible associations with the main unit. But by the time this information became available to her, 113a had been placed under heavy guard. Professor Mantellish had made one attempt to smuggle it out to her. Huff, huff! But had been unable to walk past the guards with it. Trinest agents had made several unsuccessful attempts to pick up the plasmoid. She knew that another group had made similarly unsuccessful attempts, the De Vegas. She did not yet know the specific nature of 113A's importance, but it was important. Trigger Trigger Argy might be able to tell them why Trigger was important, 
Dr. Fale certainly could. So could the top ranks of the de Vega's hierarchy. Lyad, at the moment, could not. She did know that Trigger Argy's importance was associated directly with that of Plasmoid 113A. This information had been obtained from a de Vegas operator, now dead, not Balmorden. The operator had been in charge of the attempted pickup on Evaly. The much more elaborate affair at the Colonial School had been a Traness job. A de Vegas group had made attempts to interfere with it, but had been disposed of. Pluley. Lyad had strings on Belchick. He was afraid of the de Vegas, but somewhat more terrified of her. His fear of the de Vegas was due to the fact that he and an associate had provided the hierarchy with a very large quantity of contraband materials. The nature of the materials indicated the de Vegas were constructing a major fortified outpost on a world either airless or with poisonous atmosphere. Pluley's associate had since been murdered. Pluley believed he was next in line to be silenced. Balmorden Balmorden had been a rather high-ranking de Vegas intelligence agent. Lyad had heard of him only recently. He had been in charge of the attempts to obtain 113A. Lyad had convinced him that she would make a very dangerous competitor in the Manon area. She also had made information regarding her activities there available to him. So Balmorden and a select group of his gunmen had attended Pluley's party on Pluley's yacht. They had been allowed to force their way into the sealed level and were there caught in a blacklight trap. The gunman had been killed, Balmorden had been questioned. The questioning revealed that the de Vegas had found Dr. Fale and the 112-113 unit almost immediately after Fale's disappearance. They had succeeded in creating some working plasmoids. To go into satisfactory operation, they still needed 113A. Balmorden had not known why. But they no longer needed Trigger Argy. Trigger Argy was now to be destroyed at the earliest opportunity. Again, Belmorden had not known why. Fale and his unit were in the fortress dome the de Vegas had been building. It was in the area Lyad had indicated. It was supposed to be very thoroughly concealed. Balmorden might or might not have known its exact coordinates. His investigators made the inevitable slip finally and triggered a violent mind-block reaction. Balmorden had died. Dead-braining him had produced no further relevant information. The little drum-fire of questions ended abruptly. Trigger glanced at her watch. It had been going on for only fifteen minutes, but she felt somewhat dizzy by now. The Ermitine just looked a little more wilted. After a minute, Commissioner Tate inquired politely whether there was any further information the First Lady could think of to give them at this time. She shook her head, no. Only Professor Mantellish believed her. But the interrogation was over, apparently. End of chapter 23